All right, Rebel Said, good morning, good morning, good morning. Shechiano, Vikimano, Vigiano, Lazmanazel, what an incredible schos. To Mir Tzashem, begin Meseches Sukkah. You know, this is always, uh, always a very exciting part of the Dafyomi cycle because the next number of Mesechtos are the, are the Moed Mesechtos, which are Mesechtos that the truth is many of us have seen at some point in time, maybe some of us from Dafyomi, some of us, uh, you know, perhaps in our schooling or yeshiva experiences. It's always very, uh, very exciting, and especially, especially exciting, because just like, you know, we felt the energy of Yuma leading into Yom Kippur, here we'll get to Mirza Hashem finished Sukkah. I believe we finished Sukkah right before Rosh Hashanah. I think September 1st. Okay, so Mirza Hashem will be able to go into Yom Tov of Sukkah. It's also armed with a real appreciation and yidiyas of the Yom Tov. Let's begin by thanking our sponsor, our Talmud Torah sponsors, for the month of Av. Um, oh, I'm sorry, we're still... No, I'm sorry. Talmud Torah sponsors are Max and Brenda Lepofsky in honor of Yitzchak Meir's upcoming Bar Mitzvah. And the Dafyomi sponsors the Plunka family for the yard site of Shlomo Ben Yitzchak. Rashi. Rashi's, Rashi's yard site today. Neshama Shnav and Aliyah. And Amir Tzashem Rashi who goes ahead and provides us with such an Aliyah each and every day. We'll see with that. Let us begin. Let us begin. And also, yes, thank you. And also, and also Adam and Yudit Benzev, in honor of their children. We thank the Benzevs for their ongoing sponsorships and their ongoing, ongoing dedication. Well, so with that, let us begin. So also, I just want to announce, if anyone needs, there are new notebooks for Sukkah. So the notebooks are a wonderful way to keep track of your notes, of Yudis, of Chidushim you have, of Halachas. They're right here on the front table. There's more than what's out there as well, so feel free if we run out, there are actually more in the office. And also with that, let us begin. Just by way of hakdama, by way of introduction, I'll point out to you something very interesting. You know, I think those of us who have been learning the daf for a little while have come to appreciate the incredible way that the daf often intersects with life. How, how there are things that occur in the world and somehow are reflected in the reality of the daf. And of course, in a seven and a half year cycle, that's a pretty amazing thing. I'll just point out something interesting. Obviously, the topic of Masech is sukkah is sukkah. So just point out something amazing. This week, this week, the double parshios, we read Matos Masei. And in one of the, par- and remember, in Parshios, Parshios Masei, the Torah goes through all of the journeys of Klal Yisrael. And in Perek Lamed Gimel Pasek Hei, the Torah says, Vayisu bnei Yisrael meramseis, Vayachanu basukos. Vayachanu basukos. The first stop that Klal Yisrael made after we left Egypt, because remember again, Ramses is Mitzrayim. The first step, the first stop we made was ultimately in the place called Sukos. And it's an incredible, incredible thing because as we go through the, as we go through the Mesechta, we will begin to see that the power of the sukkah, you know, the Zohar writes that the essence of the sukkah is Tzela Dehemenusa. It's the ability to go ahead and live under the protective shade or the protective shadow of the Ribono Shal Olam. Sukkah also represents, and we'll discuss this today, Diras Arai, temporary structures. And it's almost as if the Ribono Shal was teaching us that upon emerging from the servitude of Egypt, upon emerging from the 210 years of servitude, upon assuming the identity 
and mantle of freedom, the first step in actualizing your identity as a Ben Chorin is Sukkah. Is Sukkah. You can't be a Jew. You can't be a member of Am Yisrael without Sukkah. More specifically, the Hashkafa of Sukkah. The Hashkafa of Sukkah, that two-pronged Hashkafa. Number one, number one, that we live in the protective shadow of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That the Ribbon Shalom is always with us. And the Ribbon Shalom is always by our side. And He's always taking care of us. And even in times and even in moments where perhaps we can't see Him, we can't feel Him, we can't perceive Him, but He is always there. And number two, we will say that so much in this world is Arai. So much in this world is temporary, is temporal, is fleeting. So really think about what are the things you want to put your time into. What are the things you want to latch on to? What are the things you really want to cultivate or who are the people you really want to cultivate relationships with? Because so much in this world is our eyes. So much in this world is fleeting. And all too often we get so caught up in the temporal things in life that we forget to really pay attention to the nitzchi things, to the things which spring eternal, to the things which have true longevity, to the things which will follow us, not just in this world, but in the Olama Emes as well. So, as soon as we left Egypt, the first step, Sukkos. Because in order to be a Jew, to order to be a Ben Chorin, you need Sukkos. So with that, let us begin. So beginning with the first Mishnah of the Sefta, so exciting, so incredibly exciting. Sukkos Shigavoa, the Malumi Esrimamos. So we'll see if you have a Sukkah that is taller than 20 Amos. So what's the Halacha? Psula. The sukkah is possible. Such a sukkah invalid. Again, obviously, Rashi points out, Mefarish Megara will see exactly what the problem is in the Gemara. Rabbi Huda Machshah. Rabbi Huda, on the other hand, holds that halacha la even a sukkah that is taller than 20 amos, is going to be, is going to be kasha. So machlokas. That's machlokas number one. Next. V'she'ina gavah asar tvachim. So we'll say, after the Mishnah talks about the maximum height of the sukkah, that a sukkah can't be more than 20 amos. So the Mishnah now goes into the minimum height of the sukkah. What's the minimum height? Tent falchim. Tent falchim. Okay. V'she'in la shalosh defanos. And furthermore, again, a sukkah must have a minimum of three walls. V'she'chamasa, or I should say differently. The, if it doesn't have those, read it the way the Mishnah reads it. Right? So the Mishnah says, if it's taller than 20 amos, it's possible. If it's less than 10 amos, it's tent falchim, sorry, it's possible. If it doesn't have three walls, it's possible. And lastly, If the schach allows in more sun than shade, it is possible as well. So I will say, if we kind of phrase it in the positive, what we come out with is as follows. Right? Number one, a sukkah must be within 20 amas. Right? A sukkah cannot be less than 10 tfachim. A sukkah must have a minimum of three walls. And the schach on the sukkah must provide more shade than sunlight. Good. We'll say, if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says something very interesting over here. Rashi says, well, so again, these are all concepts that we're familiar with. If the schach allows in more sun than shade, then ultimately it's not really schach, right? So what was the pshat? So it's, it's puzzle. Rashi says, this is very interesting. Hamuat bottle barov. We'll say, the, the wording over here is very fascinating. Rashi says, if you have a sukkah and the schach allows in more sun than shade, what does that effectively mean? What does that mean? 
right? It means there's more open space than schach. There's more open space than schach. So Rashi says when that happens, hamuat bottle barov. It means the muat, the item which is less, which is in this case is the schach, is bottle to the open spaces. Vaharihu kamisha'ino. And it says if there is no schach. And I both say the entire essence of a sukkah, Val Shema Schach, Again, this is an idea that we will keep on reinforcing. The entire essence of a sukkah, the identity of the sukkah, is rooted in the schach. So this is really quite fascinating. And in fact, the, the Rishonim and the Achronim deal with this Rashi because Rashi is saying something very enigmatic. Rashi is saying the psul of Hamasa Meruba Mitzilasa is a problem of Bittel Barov. Right? That ultimately, again, the schach, which is the miot, the lesser item, is bottle ultimately again in the larger item, i.e. the sunlight. Well, see, what's the problem with this? Again, we didn't get to chulin. I mean, we did chulin already, but we'll get to chulin again. It, it, it's Bittel Barov 101 that midi deminkar, something that is recognizable, is not bottle Barov. Well, see, I'll give you a perfect example. If you have, uh, if you, have uh, you know, three, uh, three steaks, three steaks, two are not kosher, one is kosher. If they get mixed together, what's the halacha? Batal barov, right? Chad betray bottle. Technically, I, what happens if the non-kosher steak, somebody, you know, stamped on it, not kosher, not kosher, says not kosher, right? It's, yeah, bottle barov, it's bottle, what, what, what am I going to do? It doesn't work like that. Bit, bittle does not work when, when the items are, when all the items are recognizable. So I'm just pointing it out. We're not going to deal with it. But it happens to be many take issue with this explanation of Rashi. Then what do you mean it's bitter? First of all, you don't need to get into this. It's a simple explanation. is going to be problematic, is going to be possible, because that's not schach. The entire essence of schach is a roof. What's the goal of a roof? What's the purpose of a roof? To protection, protection at least from the elements, which is manifest at least in some way in the ability to provide shade. So if you don't provide shade, as evidenced by the fact that there's more sunlight coming in than shade, then by definition, it's not a roof. That is not schach. If it's not schach, then by definition, you have an invalid sukkah. Okay, so I'm just pointing it out. Rashi advances a very fascinating explanation, which many take issue with. Good, about saying, Mazel Tov, we finished our, we finished our first Mishnah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Tinan, Bosei, here we go. Says the Gemara, Tinan, Tinan, awesome, we learned there. Bosei, now the Gemara is going to quote the Mishnah from Erevin. Mavoi, shuhugava me'esr ma'ma, yimait. So Bosei, it's literally translated, you have a Mavoi, that is taller than 20 amos. Now, of course, we know this doesn't literally mean mavoi, but rather, what is this referring to? This is referring to the Korah. Remember, again, let's take a quick look at Rashi over here. Rashi says, Mavoi shu gavoa, mavoi shu mishalosh Remember, again, back to our Erevin days. I know not everybody wants to go back to our Erevin days, but again, go back to our Erevin days for a little bit. Remember, the Talmudic setup was, you had multiple homes that opened up into a shared chutz or a shared courtyard. Then multiple courtyards would op- which opened up into a shared mavoy, an alleyway. And then that alleyway would open up into Rishus Harabin. Now remember on a biblical, so that, that's, okay, so now let's look at Rashi. So mavoy, shusasom mishalosh stadim. See if you have a mavoy that is closed off on three sides. Because let's say on a simple level, it's closed off on three sides because let's say again, it only opens up into the chatziros, into the respective courtyards on three sides. On the fourth side, 
it opens up into Roshos Harabim. And the other side of it is open up into the public domain. So we'll say, so remember again, technically speaking, is there any problem for the members of the Chatzar to carry into the Mavui? Any problem with that? Are not on a biblical level. Because remember again, on a biblical level, the only problems you have are carrying either Rosh Hashayachah to Rosh Hashayachim, Rosh Hashayachim to Rosh Hashayachim, or Dalit Amos in Rosh Hashayachim. There is no problem carrying, biblically, carrying through multiple Rosh Hashayachim. However, V'asru chachamim v'hotzi mirushus alirushus chaveiro below erev below erev shachatzeros kol achas rushus laatzma v'hamavui rushus lekulon v'etzrichu bo shituf lishtatif bo kol achatzeros bepas u'ba'obayal. So we'll say the same way the rabbi stepped in, and the rabbi said, "Well, you can't even carry from your home into a jointly owned rushus ayachim." Right, we know this. So multiple homes share a chatzar. You can't just carry from your home into the chatzar. You have to do an erev chatziros, like we learned, right? You have to somehow partner, right? You collect food from everyone, place it in one of the homes, and it makes the chatzar the domain really of one of the homes, so to speak. Same idea with the mavoi. Because you have multiple chatzeros opening up into a shared alleyway, the rabbi stepped in and said, you have to go ahead and number one, do a shituf muvaos. Shituf muvaos is the same thing as in pretty much as an era of chaseros, and you have to do one more thing. Listen to this. In addition to the shituf muvaos, so in addition to going ahead and collecting the food from everyone and depositing it in the mavui, you also have to what? You have to make some type of recognizable simon at the, at the, at the side, at the en- entrance exit, right? The entrance exit of the mavui that leads into Rosh Hashanah. So say, what are we concerned about? What we're concerned about is as follows. A mavui in many respects looks like a Rosh Hashanah. It does, because remember, you have an area that's accessed by a lot of people. The concern is that if we allow carrying in the mavui by dint of the sheet of muvaus, one will come to inadvertently carry in Rosh Hashanah as well. So what did Chazal mandate? Chazal said you have to put some type of simen, some type of reminder, some type of reminder at the entranceway of the mavui, so that that way when people are leaving the mavui going into Rosh Hashanah, they're going to see, oh, there's a lechi or there's a kora, right? Lechi is a pole that is put by the side of the mavui, Korah is a pole that is put across the top of the Mavui. Person will see that, they'll remember, oh, this is a Mavui. You can carry in a Mavui, but you cannot carry in a Shusarabim. And ultimately, again, that'll be fine. So both say, so now, back to the Gemara. So the Gemara says over here, the Gemara says, Tran Hasam, Mavui Shu Gavoam Esim Ama, you might. So both say, if you have a Mavui and the Korah, let's say you place the board, you place the pole across the top of the Mavui, and the pole is higher than 20 amos. Too high. Too high. So what do you have to do? You might. Lower it. Lower it. Rabbi Huda Omer Enot Tzarech. Rabbi Huda says, no, you don't have to go ahead and lower it. Okay, so Rabbi Huda has his own shita. But what the Gemara is intrigued by is as follows. Maishna gabe sukkah, the tani psula. O maishna gabe maboi, the tani takanta. Listen to this interesting contrast. 
By sukkah, what did the Mishnah say? Sukkah shigavola malame esrim amma. What did it say? Psula. Psula. Yet mavui shigavola malame esrim amma said, you might lower it. So why is it that by sukkah, it just says puzzle, invalid, and by mavui, it tells you how to rectify the problem? Right? You both say, aren't there two different kinds of people in life, right? People who tell you what the problems are, thank you. Right? And then people will tell you what the problems are, but then give you a solution to those problems. So the Mishnah Erevin is very solution-oriented. The Mishnah Sukkah is problem-oriented. So ask the Gemara, I don't understand. It's a simple fix, right? What's, what's the simple fix of a Sukkah Shikavala Malam Master Mama? What's the simple fix? <laughs> Lower it. So why, 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 don't, why don't you just go ahead and provide the remedy like you did in Erevin? Well, so listen to this. To which the Gemara gives a number of answers. Sukkah Doraisa, Tani Psula. So we'll say answer number one is that sukkah, which is biblical, the Mishnah just says apostle. So mavoi, when we say mavoi, we mean the Korah, right? The border across the top, really everything about mavoi is dirabanan. And therefore, again, the Mishnah gives a remedy. Now, what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. Sukkah and I will say, interestingly enough, we will have to see, we do not yet know where does, where does, also, also just remind again, there are notebooks, new notebooks for sukkah over here on the top, t- on the front table. If anyone needs peace, please feel free to take in there. There are extras. So let's listen to this. So the shear for sukkah, that a sukkah can't be more than 20 amas, is a halacha lemoshe misinai. Now, again, we'll talk about where exactly we, that shear might have its roots, but it is a halacha So therefore, the Gemara says over here, Rashi explains that since ultimately, again, it is a da'orai, so it's shi'urama halacha we use a more, a starker language, right? A starker language. If you conform to the halachos, then ultimately, again, it's fine. If you do not conform to the halachos, then it's possible. On the other hand, Rashi says, Mavui, the Kuli Midrabanon, the Midoraisa Sagile Bishalash Mechitos, Venotzach Lakoras, Ule Midrabanon, Tani Takanta, Rashi says, the Loshayach Lemisni Ba Loshon Puzzle. So we'll say, here, this Rashi really explains it. What does Puzzle mean? What does Puzzle mean? Puzzle means fundamentally invalid. So what the Gemara is suggesting over here is the only time that a Loshna fundamentally invalid is appropriate is where? Is where? When it comes to biblical law, right? So when it comes to biblical law, so you have a sukkah that's the malam esrim amma that is in violation of the halacha lemoshe misinai. You build a sukkah that's too tall; it's puzzle. It's fundamentally invalid. It's kiilu. It's not a sukkah. It's not a sukkah. You can't. Rashi what Gemara is suggesting over here is you can't use a lashon of puzzle by a sukkah. I'm sorry, by a mavui, by, by, by a core that's too tall. Why can't you use Lashon of Puzzle? Why not? Because we'll say, because it's Drabanon. It's Drabanon. There, there, there is no pre-existing framework that says you must have this. It's a rabbinic innovation. So the Lashon of Puzzle, which means that something is inherently and fundamentally invalid, does not apply, the Gemara is suggesting, by rabbinic law. So look at Rashi. Therefore, Tani Takat. So we'll say, in the absence of the ability to use the word puzzle, so the Gemara, the Mishnah just simply tells you what you need in order to remedy the problem. You can't say puzzle by mavoi. 
Kodem shenishnas mishnazu hari he tchilas hara asol mitzvaso. Who who made it possible? What do you mean it's possible? It's not possible. Midaraisa the mavoi is fine. Midaraisa the mavoi doesn't need anything. The rabbis came along and said you need something. You can't use lashon apostle. So we'll say it's interesting because according to this approach, it sounds like what the mishnayos are trying to do is as follows: that in the wording of the mishnah, the mishnah is conveying to us. What's a dinder abanon versus what's a dinder So by saying sukkah shigavol lamalam esrim amal, we'll say, can you fix a sukkah that's more than twenty amas tall? Yeah, in fact, that's going to be tomorrow's daf. We're going to see how you can fix a sukkah like that. It, it's complicated, but lamaisa when the Mishnah says psula, it's the Mishnah's way of teaching us. By the way, the shear of esrim amal is a halacha lamoshem isina. It's a dinder Masha'inke, when the, when the Mishnah Erevin talks about the Korah, right, the border cross, that's too tall, the Mishnah says, you might, you might bring it down, which, so therefore, it doesn't use Lashon Apostle, which teaches me that Halacha Lamaisa, it is a Din Dirabana. Incredible. Vibay Sema, both say, that's answer number one. That's answer number one. Vibay Sema, second possibility. Second possibility. Ah, I just want to take an opportunity to welcome Moshe Ben Sion. Moshe Ben Sion joining us now from Eretz Yisrael. Just made Aliyah this week. Incredible. Incredible. Moshe Ben Sion, so wonderful to see you. Such a schos. Such a schos. All right. Halavai Bishol Bizocha. Vibay Seima. Most of the other possibility is Bidoraisa Nami Tani Takanto. Most of the other possibility is as follows. Other possibility is as follows. That even when it comes to a Doraisa, sometimes when you have an invalid Doraisa, the, the, the Gemara will also give you a way to remedy the problem. So if that's the case, if that's the case, why doesn't the Mishnah also just say you might, right? Just like by Korah. So if you have a Korah that's more than 20 Yamas, just bring it down. So ultimately say the same thing. Say the same thing by Sukkah. Listen to this. We'll say, this is fascinating. Miu, Sukkah, Dinefishe Milsa, Pasuk Vitani Psula. Mavui, Delo Nafish Milsa, Tani Takanta. So what's what the Gemara now suggests is as follows. That when it comes to sukkah, there are a lot of halachos when it comes to sukkah. A lot of halachos. So we'll say, as we're going to see, you know, if you have a sukkah that is more than, more than 20 amas, right? So it sounds simple. What do you do with it? How, how do you fix it? Lower it. It's not so poshit, right? As we're going to see. So we're going to see in tomorrow's daf. Because we'll say there are so many halachos. For example, you, if you go ahead and... If you go ahead and already put the schach on while the walls were invalid, and then you validate the walls by lessening them and the schach was there, that sukkah is not kasha. There's a whole thing, there's a whole thing. So the Gemara says, you can't, the Mishnah can't get into the halachos of how to go ahead and remedy a sukkah that's too tall because it's too, the Gemara will, the Gemara will get into this, but it's too complicated and too involved for the Mishnah. So therefore, all the Mishnah is really able to comment when it comes to a sukkah that is lamalame esrim amma is, is, pasal. Pasal, that's it. However, mavweable, say if you have a korah, which is too tall, it's a simple fix. What's a simple fix? What's a simple fix? Just lower it. There, there, there's nothing else to do. So we'll say, so this is really also just a very intuitive and fascinating answer. What the Gemara is simply saying is, no, the Lashon of Pasla, and I will say, by the way, the, the second answer is much more supported because throughout Shas, we find the Lashon of Pasla used by Dirabanans all of the time. All of the time. So the Gemara says, Psula, Pasla is not limited to Daraisas. 
The reason why there's a distinction between the Mishnah, the way the Mishnah deals with a sukkah that's too tall versus a korah that is too tall is because rectifying a sukkah that is tall, too tall, more than 20 amas, is a complicated, involved process that often requires many steps. Masha'in came rectifying a mavoi that is too tall is a one-step process. Incredible, incredible. Right? Rashi goes through all the problems. So we'll say, so now we come to it. So we'll say, let's, so, so, so first of all, just following the flow of the Gemara. So issue number one, the Gemara contrasts the Lashon of the Mishnah in Sukkah with the Mishnah in Erevin. Right? A Mavui that's too tall, a Sukkah that's too tall. We gave two answers as to why the Mishnahis use different wording. Answer number one, Sukkah's Doraisa, Mavui's Dirabanon. Gemara Mishnah only used Lashon of Pasal with Doraisa's, not Dirabanon's. Answer number two, is that how to rectify a sukkah that is too tall is a much more involved process, which the Mishnah does not have the scope to handle, whereas rectifying a mavoi that is too tall is pretty simple. Good. So I'll say, now we get into the kishkas of this. Let's say, how do we know that a sukkah that is the malame esrim amma is possible? Now we'll say, that this is an interesting question as well, because Rashi pointed out that it is a halacha lamoshe misinai. But what the Gemara seems to be saying is, okay, that I understand it's Allah Moshe Misinai, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, so from where, what, what is the core issue? What is the problem with a sukkah that is Lamala Me'asrimama? To which the Gemara is supposed to say, so here we're going to give three different answers and then spend the rest of the day, the rest of this year, really going through fascinating answers. Amar Rabbah, so we'll say, here we go. First Shita, Shita of Rabbah. Do Amar Kra, because Rabbah said, the Torah says, in order that future generations know that I went ahead and I hoshafti, I settled you in Sukkos when I took you out of Mitzrayim. So I will say, so listen to this. So the Gemara says, Ad Up until 20 Amas, a person knows that he's dwelling in a Sukkah. But if the sukkah is taller than 20 amos, a person doesn't recognize that he's dwelling inside of the sukkah. Why? Because ultimately, again, his eyes don't really wander that high. Loshalta ba'ina literally means he does not set his eyes upon it. So, we'll say, so let, let's, let's unravel this shita of Rabbah, because there's a number of very interesting ideas over here. Look at Rashi Laman Yedu. Rashi says, you have to make a sukkah, you have to make a sukkah, who, who, when you dwell in it, the sukkah is recognizable to you. What does this mean? We'll get to that in a second. Listen to this. What Rabbi introduces to us actually is a fundamental yisod and fascinating difference between sukkah and other mitzvahs. Sukkah requires a yidiyah. In other words, we'll say, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, by mitzvahs in general, right, we pass in mitzvahs tzrichos kavana. But in fact, the way the halakha really understands that concept, when you do this, you have to have kavana. But that kavana actually is pretty much like a very basic kavana to perform a mitzvah, right? Nothing, nothing real, nothing really deeper than that. Interestingly enough, by sukkah, when a person enters into the sukkah on the first night of Yom Tiv, a person has to have specific kavana. 
that I'm doing this in order to remember the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took me out of Egypt, took my ancestors out of Egypt, and housed us in Sukkos, whatever those Sukkos are, huts, clouds, a person has to have that Yediyah. If you don't have that mindset when you walk into the Sukkah on the first night, interestingly enough, one is not really Yotzei the Mitzvah. So you could be sitting there making Kiddush there, eating there, doing everything there, but without the mindset, without the recognition, at the end of the day, one is not Yotzei. Why, says the Gemara? Leman Yedu Dorosechan. There is a yidia. There is a yidia. So listen to what Rava says. They both say, why is the sukkah called the sukkah? Why is the sukkah called the sukkah? So we're going to discuss this. But Hashem HaSchach. Right? The essence of a sukkah is the schach. That, that is the essence of it. So therefore, says Rava, says Rava, excuse me, says Rava, in order to have a yidia, you have to have an ocular connection with the schach. You have, right? You have to have an ocular connection with the schach. So Rava says, up until 20 Amis, people look up that high. More than 20 Amis, what, has, what happens if you want to look up? What happens if you want to look up? You almost have to create, what is it? Crane your neck, crane your neck, crane your neck back, right? Move your neck back. People don't do that. So the idea that Rabbi says is a sukkah has to be structured in a way that when you sit in it, the sukkah is within ocular range. That, 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 sorry, the schach is within ocular range. If the schach is not in ocular range, then by definition, that's not a sukkah. It's a, it's a concern in the idea. So up until 20 amas, the schach, which is the ikr of the sukkah, is within ocular range, and therefore, and therefore spurs the idea. But if the sukkah is taller than 20 amas, then halacha lamaisa, again, the schach is out of ocular range, that is a chisar, that is a lack, ultimately in your yediyah, in your recognition. Incredible. Both say, that's the position of Rabba. Rabbi Zeir, Rabbi Zeir, this is Mechor. So we'll see here, Rabbi Zeir quotes the Pasuk from Yeshaya, and sukkah should be your shade during the day, from the harshness of the winter. Ad esrim ama adam yoshe b'tzel sukkah. Lamala me esrim ama ina adam yoshe b'tzel sukkah. Ela b'tzel dafanos. So also listen to this. Rabbi Zeru says, different issue. Different issue. The shade, the Pasuk says, where does the shade of the sukkah have to come from? The schach. If the sukkah is up until 20 amas, the shade comes from the schach. Any taller than that, where does the shade come from? The walls. Also, well, so I say interesting again. We'll see enough community between all of these opinions. So we've got Rabba, Rabbi Zera. So Amalei Abai, Abai asks on Rabbi Zera, Elame Ato Haoses Sukaso Baashteros Karnaim. But Abai says, I. But one second, according to that logic, if a person goes in and makes his sukkah in Ashteros Karnaim, we'll say what's Ashteros Karnaim. Rashi says over here, Shnei Harim Gedolim. Ashteros Karnaim are two large mountains. Vashvela Benehem. And there was a valley in between. So we'll say, listen to this. The valley was so deep that essentially the sun really never shined in the valley because it was eclipsed by the mountain. Sabaye says, Rabbi Zeira, according to you, that the shade of the sukkah has to come from the schach and not from the walls. If you build your sukkah in Ashtaros Karnayim, you build your sukkah in a valley, it should be not kosher, right? It should be possible. To which the Gemara says, Amrle, no, no, no. So Rabbi, so, so Rabbi Zeru will say, Hasam dal ashtaros karnaim ikat sel sukkah. Hacha dal defanos leket sel sukkah. Essentially what Rabbi Zeru says, Rabbi say is, all you need is a chefza of sukkah that is kasher. If you were to take away the mountains, right, will the sukkah provide you shade from the schach? And the answer is, 
Yes. In this case over here, if you were to take away the walls, would the schach provide you shade? And the answer is no. So therefore, again, our Rabbi really says, interestingly enough, and we're going to say this is actually going to be a very important topic, is how much do we look at the chefts of the sukkah and ignore the surroundings versus looking at the surroundings and not just the chefts of the sukkah. In any event, Rabbi Zaira says, what I'm talking about is the chefza of the sukkah has to be one in which the schach provides the shade and not the walls. Good. So we'll say we've got Rabbah and we've got Rabbi Zera. One more. Rava Amr Mehocha. This is beautiful. Rava says, I'll tell you why sukkah lamalame esramam is going to be possible. It's from here. Rava Amr Mehocha. Basukos teishu shivas yamim. The Torah says, you have to dwell in the sukkah for seven days. Amra Torah. What does the Torah Sirebo say? The entire essence of sukkah is to leave your permanent dwelling and to enter into your temporary dwelling. Sukkah is supposed to be diras arai. It is supposed to be a temporary dwelling. Why is this important, says Rabbah? Ad esrim amo adam oset diras or diras arai. Up until 20 amas, a person makes a temporary dwelling. Lamalame esrim amo. But more than 20 hours, ain Adam Oseh Diras or Diras Arai, Ella Diras Keva. So I will say, really quite interesting. So Rabbah suggested Halacha Lemaisa, a structure that is taller than 20 amos is no longer a diras arai, no longer a temporary dwelling. Rather, again, it is a diras keva, which I will say, it makes a lot of sense because at the end of the day, the taller you build something, what has to happen, right? The more stable it has to be. So amazingly enough, so this is rough. So I will say, so what we have over here, so I'll just point out something interesting to you on this idea, you know, the Svasenas. The Svasenas says something so beautiful. He says that the Be'emes, we just we'll take a pause for a moment. So the Sas Emes points out something really fascinating. We'll say, how long did we live in Sukkos for? How long did we live in Sukkos for? 40 years. 40 years. Right? So Sas Emes says, isn't it interesting, Rava? You're saying that the Sukkah has to be a diras arai, has to go ahead and be a temporary dwelling, yet we lived in the Sukkos for four decades. It's diras keva. So listen to this, it says, it says, Aval HaRatzon Haya, Sheikansu B'nei Yisrael Miyad La'eretz Yisrael, V'liyoz Kach Diras Arai HaSukkah, Lachin Tzarech Liyoz Ro'i L'Diras Arai. The Sassama says, it's true. It ended up being a Diras Keva. But what was it supposed to be initially? A Diras Arai. It was only supposed to be temporary. Both say, so what, so the Sassama says something absolutely amazing. And you know what he says? There's a deeper message in sukkah as well. Because when sukkah started out, it was supposed to be a temporary dwelling. It's true, it turned into a permanent dwelling that we lived in for 40 years. So Sassam says something so beautiful. Part of the mitzvah of sukkah is when you walk into your sukkah, and I will say, life has a way. You start out wanting to do certain things. You start out wanting to accomplish certain things, wanting to go on a particular derech, having certain dreams and aspirations. And then what happens? And what happens? Life happens, right? Life happens. And you get derailed. And sometimes we forget about all the things we wanted to do, all of the things we wanted to accomplish. Sometimes in life, it's important to remember those initial dreams and aspirations. It's important to remember what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be, and what I wanted to do. Says the Svasanas, when we walk into the sukkah on sukkahs, 
I'm walking into really what my ancestors lived in as a diras keva, but what HaKadosh Baruch Hu really intended as a diras arai. The avoda of sukkis is to remember those things that I wanted to do, never got to do, but maybe there's a chance to reclaim those aspirations of the past as well. Maybe there's the opportunity to take that which became keva and transform it once again into arai. An incredible svasama. So I will say in any event, so Rav comes us. Therefore, I will say what we have here is as follows. I'm Abai. So Abai says, "Elo me ato asa mechito shal barzel v'sichei chal gabon ha chenami d'lo havisuka." I so according to Abaye, so Sabai says, according to you, Rabbah, that a sukkah has to be a diras, a diras arai. If that's the case, if you made the walls out of, out of metal, it should be invalid, right? Because remember again, metal walls, metal walls are permanent. So the Gemara says, Amr lehachi kamina. So Rav says, no, 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 this is what I mean. Ad chaf ama da'adam osa diras a diras arai, ki avid le diras keva nami nafik. Lemalam e chaf ama da'adam osa diras a diras keva, so what Rava says is, no, what I mean to say is like this. I don't really care what you make the walls out of. Although, again, there will be halachos which you can make the walls out of as well. But what I'm saying is, it doesn't really matter the materials. What establishes it, according to Rava, as keva versus arai is what? Is what? The height. The height. It's all about the height, not about the materials. So if you want to, if you're building it less than 20 amas and you want to build it out of a permanent material, that's fine. That, that doesn't make any difference. The problem is with the height. So what we have over here are three explanations as to why a sukkah that is lamala me'estrim amo is problematic. Let's just go through them again very quickly. So Rabbah says, Rabbah says it's an ocular issue. When you sit in the sukkah, the schach has to be in constant ocular range. You have to be able to see the schach because the whole yisod of sukkah is schach. Leman yedu dorosechem, a yediyah. If the schach is within 20 amas, you'll always see it. Above 20 amas, you won't see it. That's Rabbah. Rabbi Zeira. Rabbi Zeira. Sukkah is all about what? Shade. Shade is all about the shade of the schach. Up until 20 amas, you sit in the shade of the schach. More than 20 amas, what are you sitting in? What are you sitting in? The shade of the walls. That's Rabbi Zera. And finally, Rava. Rava holds that halacha lamaisa, sukkah has to be dirasarai. Has to be an impermanent or temporary dwelling. Anything more than 20 amos, by definition, is permanent. Less than 20 amos is not permanent. Beautiful. So we'll say, now on the days, let's go through and let's, now we begin to analyze all of the different shitos and explain why no one holds like the other. So we'll see, here we go. We'll see, I will also, also just sometimes, again, everybody learns differently, but sometimes, especially with the notebooks, could I to write down just the machlokis, or if, if you're using your gemara, underline the gemara, because I will say, again, even just as a, as a chazara tool, just being able to retain the three shitos, Rabba, Rabbi Zeira, Rava, is an incredible way just to remember the daf. We all know the occupational hazard of daf yomi is... Retention is retention. I would venture to say none of us, include myself in this, will remember all of the shakla, all the back and forth. But if there are a couple of pieces, both of, of halacha as well as hopefully inspiration, that we could take away from each daf, it allows us to hold on to something. So three-way machlokas. Amit Bey says the Gemara, Kulu kirabah lo amri. To both say, I understand that Rava and Rabbi Zira will not hold like Rabbah. Why not? Why not? Because also remember again, Rabbah said, Leman yedu doro seichem ki so shafti es bnei Yisrael. So these other two opinions will say 
hahi, oh, sorry, hahu yedil dorosi. I will say, in fact, interestingly enough, because that pasuk, they'll say, Rabbi, you're, you're, you are misusing the pasuk. The pasuk is not talking about ocular view of the of the schach. The pasuk is talking about the obligation to remember that Hakadosh Baruch Hu took us out in Sukkos in future generations. That's what the pasuk is talking about. It's telling us that we must remember this miracle. Look at Rashi. How first first line on top on the Roman base. So they're saying, Rabbi, you're totally misusing the Pasuk. See, Rabbi is using the Pasuk to teach you a din in Sukkah. Literally, that the Schach must be within 20 Amos. Rava and Rabbi Zeru will say to Rabbi, that's not the topic of the Pasuk. The topic of the Pasuk is that future generations should remember that which occurred in the desert. Okay, so that's why Rava and Rabbi Zeru will not hold like Rabbi. Why won't Rabba and Rava hold like Rabbi Zira? Remember again, Rabbi Zira quoted the Pasuk from, from Yeshaya. That a sukkah is supposed to be for shade. Right? And remember again, up until 20 Amas, he's sitting in the shade of the Schach. More than 20 Amas, he's sitting in the shade of the, of the walls. So why don't the other two opinions hold like Rabbi Zira? Once again, Rabbi Zera, you're using the Pasuk in the wrong way. That's not what the Pasuk is saying. The Pasuk in Yeshaya is talking about the Messianic era. It's not talking about the Yom Tov of Sukkis. It's talking about, again, the hut that you're going to live in, right? In the Messianic era. Rabbi Zera, Imkain Lemakra, first of all, look at Rashi. I will say the Navi in Yeshaya is actually is, is talking about in the Messianic era what's going to happen. Things will be so tranquil that what's going to happen? Everyone's going to have their nice, beautiful outdoor hut to sit back and relax and enjoy life. That's the sukkah. It's not talking about a halachic sukkah. It's talking about the, I don't know, what would you call it? The, like, a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a portico, you know, like, um, what do they call it? A gazebo, yeah, a gazebo. So you're going to relax with your, uh, you know, with your drink with a little umbrella in it. And it's going to light and life is going to be good. And Mashiach's going to be here and you're going to relax, right? That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about the midst of Sukkah. Rabbi Zerah, Rabbi Zerah still say, no, if that's the case, Imkain, Leimakra, Yomam. If that's the case, then why does the Navi say the Lashon of, of Sukkah? It gives us a chuppah. We'll say, what does chuppah mean? Chuppah means a canopy. A canopy. If you want to just tell me people's going to sit under a canopy and relax, because there's going to be so much tranquility in the times of Mashiach, just use a different word. So there Rabbi Zera will say, why does the Pasuk use Lashon of Tarti. As Rabbi Zera will say, I don't ignore the fact that the subject of the Pasuk is the Messianic era. I agree with that. I just think the Pasuk's giving us two lessons. Number one, giving us a window into Amir Hashem, the beautiful tranquility. That'll be the hallmark of the Messianic era. But it's also giving us an insight into Hilchos Sukkah and telling us that Allah Chalamaisa, the goal or the role of a Sukkah is to provide shade. That shade must come from the Srach. If the Sukkah is less than 20 Amas, the shade comes from the Srach. If the Sukkah is more than 20 Amas, the shade comes from the walls. And that is going to be problematic. Kisigimar says, Kirava, Nami Lo Amri. So we'll say, Rabba and Rabbi Zira. 
won't hold like Rav. Remember again, what did Rava say? Rava was our last shita. Rava said, Basukos teshu shivas yamim. Right? Rava says that sukkah has to be diras arai, a temporary structure. Less than 20 amas is diras arai. More than 20 amas is diras keva. So why doesn't that one hold like Rava? Mishum kushya da'abaye. Because I will say, ultimately, again, because they were bothered by Abayi's question. Remember again, what did Abayi ask on Rava? Abayi said, Rava, according to you, you should not be able to essentially build the walls of a sukkah from any permanent type of material, right? Rabbi gave the example of metal. Well, metal is not always the best example, as we'll discuss. But Lamaisa, he, he said, you shouldn't be able to build the walls from any permanent material. So the others, i.e. Rabbi and Rabbi Zir, are bothered by that same kasha as well. Okay, so we'll say, so now, now we understand, so now we have our three shitos, Rabbi, Rabbi Zira, Rava. Now I also understand why no opinion holds like the other. Now both, we're going to quote a couple of braces and try to figure out whose opinion they align with. So here we go. So Kiman Azlahadam Rabbi Yoshio Marav. So we'll say whose opinion is reflected in the following statement of Rabbi Yoshio in the name of Rav. Machlokas, the Machlokas Rabba, and the Machlokas, I should say, is only the, I'm sorry, the Machlokas we'll say, that they're referring to over here is the Machlokas in the Mishnah. Remember, we'll say back to the Mishnah for just a moment. We had a Machlokas, Tanakamo and Rabbi Huda. Sukkah shi lamala me'esrim, lamala me'esrim, lamala shugavoa, lamala me'esrim amma. Tanakamo said psula, Rabbi Huda said is kosher. So comes along Rabbi Yoshia in the name of Rav, and he said, Machlokas b'shein defanos magios l'schach. The machlokas is only when the walls of the sukkah don't reach the schach. About the fanos magios the schach, but if the walls reach the schach, afilu lemala me'esrim amakshira. If that's the case, then even taller than twenty amas is going to be is going to be kasha. So we'll say, who's who's next? So we'll say, so just I want to just point out over here, we have two simultaneous machloksim, right? We have over here in the mishnah. A machlokes Tanakama and Rabbi Huda. A sukkah she lemal she gavo lemal me esrim ama. Tanakama says pasul. Rabbi Huda says is kasha. Okay, fine. Now in the Gemara we have a three-way machlokes in the opinion of the Tanakama. Why is sukkah that is lemal me esrim ama? Why is it pasul? Why is it pasul? So that's Rabbi Rabbi Zera Rava. Now what's happening over here is as follows. Rabbi Yoshe is coming along and saying, oh, by the way, the machlokis in the Mishnah is only in a particular case. The only time the Tanakam Rabbi Huda argue is when the walls of the sukkah don't reach the schach. That's when the Tanakama will say, if it's taller than 20 amas, it's going to be pasal. Less than 20 amas, it's kasher. And Rabbi Huda will say, no, it's going to be kasher anyway. But if the walls reach all the way to the schach, even if it's more than 20 amas, everyone will agree that the sukkah is kosher. Okay. So I was saying, now what do we have to figure out? Whose construct does that fit into? Right? Is that Rabbah, Rabbi Zera, Rava? So the Gemara says, Kiman, Kirabba. It must be Rabbah. Da'amar Mishum Shalta Ba'ina. It must be Rabbah. Because remember again, I will say, Rabbah held, what's the problem of a sukkah that's the Malame Esramama? What was the problem? What was the problem? Ocular connection. You don't see the schach. You don't see the schach. So watch this. But even Rabbah will agree. That if the walls reach the schach, the chivan the defanal smagios the schach mishlat mishlat shalta ba'ina. Both said it's very interesting. Rabbah will say that as long as the walls reach the schach, you'll have an ocular connection with the schach. Why? Because essentially your eyes follow the walls. Your eyes follow the wall up. 
But apparently, again, if the, if the walls don't extend to the schach, and the schach is the malame eshemama, that's when the Rabbanon will say, Tanakam will say it's problematic. Okay. Kiman Again, don't take any of this halacha lamay. So we're, we're going to see what the halacha lamay says. What the Gemara is just doing now is throwing at us a whole bunch of brysos and trying to figure out whose opinion of the three opinions is reflected in the brysos. So the Gemara says, Kiman Ozlahada Amravuna. Amrav. Whose opinion is reflected in the following of the So Machlokis Bishain Ba'ela Arba Amos Al Arba Amos. So let's listen to this. So Rav Huna suggests that the machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Huda is only when the sukkah does not have dimensions of four amos by four amos. Aval yesh arba amos arba amos, but if the sukkah is more than four amos by four amos, afilu amakshera. Even if the schach is taller than twenty amos, the sukkah is still going to be kosher. So we'll say, whose opinion does that reflect? Kiman. It's Rabbi Zeira, Damar Mishum Tzel. Rabbi Zeira will say, ultimately, going to say, what was the problem with the sukkah that's taller than 20 amos? What was the problem with Rabbi Zeira? That the shade comes from the walls and not the schach. The chevan de Ravicha, now we'll say, interestingly enough, remember, as long as the sukkah is wide enough or long enough, large enough, that allows for the schach to provide the shade and not the walls. So chevan de Ravicha, since it's large enough, Ultimately, again, there is the shade of the walls, and that is sufficient. Fine. Kiman Azahada Amar, Rav Nachman Baraba. Sorry, Rav Khanon. Whose opinion is reflected in the following statement of Rav Khanon Baraba? So Amrav, Machlokis, Vishain Machzakas, Elakide, Rosho, Virubo, Vishokhano. But say that when is there the Machlokis in the Mishnah between the Tanakam and Rabbi Huda? Only in a sukkah that's so small that you can't get in, right? Your head the majority of your body, and your shulchan, and your table. Aval, machzekes, yoser, mikidei roshav, rubo v'shulchano, afil amakshera. But, if halach alamaisa, the sukkah is large enough that you can get in there, your head, the majority of your body, and your table, such a sukkah will be kosher. Kiman, ultimately, again, the Gemara says, delo kichad. The truth is, that price doesn't reflect the view of anyone. It doesn't reflect the view of Rabba, Rabbi Zera, or Rava. Okay, so Bishlam Rabbi Yoshia Pligi Adravuna Veravchanan Baraba Baraba. So we'll say now. Let's go back for just a moment. Now we just had three different brisos, or three, I should say, three different interpretations of. <laughs> there's a lot of layers over here. We just had three different. Let, let's go back for just a moment, right? Mishnah. We have a machlokes, right? One machlokes in the Mishnah. Sukkah that is taller than twenty amos. What's talacha? What's talacha? Right. Machlokas. Tanakama says puzzle. Rabbi Huda says kasher. Okay? We then come to the Gemara. In the sheet of the Tanakama who holds that a sukkah that's the Malame Esrim Amma is going to be puzzle, we have three different interpretations as to why it's puzzle, right? We have Rabba, Rabbi Zera, Rava. Narabos, what we just experienced, what we just experienced, were three different interpretations of the Machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Huda in the Mishnah. Right? Each of those three brysos, Rabbi Yoshia, Rav Huna, and Rav Hanan Baraba, gave their own interpretation as to the machlokis in the Mishnah. Right? Ultimately, again, Rabbi Yoshia said, the machlokis is only when the walls don't reach the schach. That's when the Rabbanon will say that if it's the Malame Esrim Amma, it's going to be possible, Rabbi Yudhisei will kosher. But if the walls reach the schach, everyone agrees that even if the schach is the Malame Esrim Amma, 
ultimately the sukkah is kosher. Rav Huna said, the machlokis is only when the sukkah doesn't have four amos by four amos dimensions. But if the sukkah does have four amos by four amos dimensions, everyone agrees that what? Even if the schach is lamala me'esrim amo, ultimately the sukkah is kosher. Rav Hanan Baraba said, the machlokis is only when the sukkah doesn't hold rosho, rubo, shulchano. But if the sukkah holds rosho, rubo, shulchano, even if it's the malame esrim amo, ultimately again it will be kosher. So we'll say three interpretations of the machlokis in the Mishnah. So watch this. Bishlam with Rabbi Yoshia, Pligi ad Rafuna with Rav Chanan Baraba. So I understand Rabbi Yoshia doesn't agree with Rav Huna. And Rav Chanan Baraba, why? The inhu kayoev shiura be mishcha, the ihu lo kayoev shiura be mishcha. Because what's interesting enough to come the denominator between Rav Huna and Rav Chanan Baraba is that they are both giving opinions as to the dimensions of a sukkah. Right? They hold that the whole machlokis of Lamala Me'esrimam, Apostle or Kasher, is dependent on the size of the sukkah. Whereas Rabbi Yoshia understands it, that it's all about the walls reaching the schach. El Rav Huna, Rav Hanan Baraba, Nema Behechshar Sukkah Kameflagi. But I will say it would appear that Rav Huna and Rav Hanan Baraba have a much more yisodistic machlokis. What's the yisodistic machlokis, Rabbi Yosei? About the minimum dimensions of a kasher sukkah. Maybe that's what they're arguing about. Maybe Rav Hanan, right? Maybe, maybe Rav Huna holds the minimum dimensions of a sukkah are what? Are what? Dalaramas by Dalaramas. And Rav Hanan Baraba holds the minimum dimensions of a sukkah are what? Rosho, Rubo, Shulchano. Large enough to hold your head, the majority of your body, and your table. To which the Gemara says, the Marsavar Heksha Sukkah Ba'arba Amos. So I'll say maybe the machlok is much more yisodistic machlokes. To which the gemara is low. The chuli amo hechsha sukkah rosho beruba v'shachano. I'll say we will get into this sugi. It's going to be quite interesting. But the gemara posits that now everyone agrees with the minimum shear of sukkah. I will say the minimum shear of sukkah is going to be has to be large enough to hold your head, the majority of your body. And your table, which we will define as approximately seven and a half tfachim by seven and a half tfachim. But again, we'll see that sogya. Vahacha bahakam eflagi. We'll say, here's what they argue about. Dimar savar, b'machsekes, rosho, v'rubo v'shochano, pligi. Aval yosem erosho, v'rubo v'shochano, divriya kol kshera. Then I will say, ultimately, again, one opinion will hold. The machokis Rabbi Huda and the Tanakamo is about... A sukkah that holds exactly Rosh Rubo V'Shochano. But more than Rosh Rubo V'Shochano, everyone will agree that even if the sukkah is Lamalame Esramam, it'll be kosher. Umar Savar, Me Rosho Berubo V'Shochano Adal Amos Pligi. And the other opinion holds that no, the Machlokis is between the shear of Rosho Berubo and Dalar Amos. Aval Yoser Me Dalar Amos, Divya Kol but more than Dalaramis, everybody will hold, and this is the opinion of Rafuna, everyone will hold that even if the sukkah is the Malame Asram Amo, it is going to be kosher. Good. So, both say, so therefore, again, we have, so now what we've just done is we've explained ultimately why the three interpretations of the Machlokis and the Mishnah do not hold by each other. Good. So, both say, here we go. Mesve, the Gemara raises the Kasha. Both say, just before we go on, let's, let's establish what we have. Let's establish what we have. So, right, we have Machlokis and the Mishnah, Sukkah Shigavola Malame Asram Amo, right? Tanak 
Kama says puzzle. Rabbi Huda says machsha. We'll leave aside the rest of the the rest of the, the um, details of the Mishnah for now. We contrasted our Mishnah with the Mishnah Numa, the Mishnah Numa which provides a remedy. Our Mishnah which does not. We gave two answers as to why that is. We then went on to discuss the three-way machlokes in the interpretation of the sheet of the Rabbanon, or the Tanakama. Tanakama Mishnah holds that a sukkah that is lemala me'esrim amos puzzle, three different interpretations, Rabba, Rabbi Zeira, and Rava. Beautiful. We then explained why those three shitos do not hold like one another. Beautiful. After that, we went back to the Mishnah. Right? And we had a three-way machlokis, Rabbi Yoshia, Rav Huna, and Rav Hanan Baraba, as to the parameters of the machlokis in the Tanakhama and Rabbi Huda in the Mishnah. Three, diff- right? three, different, three different interpretations of that machlokis. We now just finished going through and explaining what? Why each of those opinions do not hold of the other, and really highlighted the idea that with Rav Huna and Rav Hanan Baraba, what we originally thought was perhaps a fundamental machlokis in the shear of sukkah is not a machlokis. That according to the Gemara right now, everyone agrees that the minimum dimensions for a sukkah is enough to hold Rosho, Rubo, Vashokhano. Beautiful. That's the Gemara up until now. Here you go, Bose. Meisve. The Gemara raises the kasha. Listen to this case. So what's another b'raisa? The b'raisa says a sukkah that is told in 20 yamas is going to be possible. And Rabbi Huda holds that it's kosher even if it goes to a height of 40 or 50 amos. Right? Even to a height of 40 or 50 amos. I'm Rabbi Huda. So what's Rabbi Huda? I'm going to tell you a maisa. Listen to this story. Maisa beheloni amalka belud. There was once a story of Helen Yamalka in Lud, right? Helen Yamalka, she converted, right? She converted with her son Munbaz. Remember again, we saw Helen Yamalka in Yuma. Remember, where do we see Helen Yamalka in Yuma? What did she donate to the Beis Hamikdash? Right, the right, the, the Nivreshas, right? The 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 silver, the, the gold chandelier, right? That hung at the outside of the Beis Hamikdash. It wasn't really a chandelier, chandelier, but it was just a a chunk of gold, right? That was there. The sun would go ahead and reflect off of it, and it would illuminate the entire Beis Hamikdash compound. Helen Yamalka donated us. Listen to this. So I'm Rabbi Yehuda. We'll start this at least today. Listen to this. Her sukkah was taller than 20 amas. And the elders would walk in and out of the sukkah. And no one said a thing to her. And no one said a thing to her. So listen to this. So therefore, again, Rabbi Huda is bringing this as a proof. So the Chachamim are coming to visit the queen, all of sukkahs. They see her sukkah is too tall. And what? And what? No one says anything. Rabbi Huda says, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That is kosher. Amrullah Misham Raya. Really? That's what you got, Rabbi Huda? That's all you got? Right? That's, that's what you're bringing? Isha Haisa. Helen Yamaka is a woman. Upitura mina sukkah. Let's say a woman is potter from sukkah. Sukkah is a mitzvah asay shazman grama. Right? My wife reminds me of this every time the temperature goes above 90 degrees. Right? Hatzlacha. Right? So again, so remember again. So remember, sukkah is the malame esr mama. I'm sorry. Sukkah is a mitzvah asay shazman grama. So Helene Amaka, they didn't say anything because it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. So if she sits in a sukkah that's kosher, not because it doesn't matter. Amr lahen. Valo shiva banim hayula. But Helene Amaka had seven sons. She had seven sons. See, even if she didn't need the sukkah, and even if you want to say that her sons were young, at least one of her sons must have needed the sukkah. Va'od, 
Furthermore, again, everything Helene did, she always did according to the halacha. Right, so we'll stop over here for today. We will pick up with this story of Helene Yabaka tomorrow. I will say also just a, a little bit of a schedule change for tomorrow. The daf is going to be between Mincha and Mayrev tomorrow night. So again, there'll be Shalash of this also. But again, that will be between Mincha and Mayrev. And there'll be a learning Seder, Mir Tzashem, before Mincha tomorrow afternoon. Let's say Shkoyach. Shalash. Shalash. Shalash.